I am the doctor, this is my section. Earth is under my protection. Planet of birth is Gallifrey. I've got two hearts, your life is safe. Run into the master raw messy. Come on, Alonzo. Alonzi. I am a time lord. No, I'm not rich. Twelve bodies are men. Now it's time for a switch. Don't look like that. I'm in great health. You were expecting someone else. Regeneration. Oh, such fun. When I say run, run, run. What's up, my boy? Peace and sanity. Sorry, I must dash. Reverse the Polarity. Sometimes I'm north, but always a limey, wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey. Jump in the TARDIS, go for a ride, it's bigger on the inside. Exploring all of time and space, oh, what's that? Exterminate. Cyberman or Daleks, maybe? Would you like a jelly baby? Time's ticking, we'd best go, a new adventure, Geronimo! I am fantastic, so are you best come with me, I'm Doctor Who. Welcome to a brand new episode of D4WH. I am your host, Burn With Me. I'm Adam O'Sullivan, joined as always by my co-host, I want you to burn, burn for me, baby. That would be wonderful. It's Nakia Shirt, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Do I have to set myself on fire or can I just get a fever? Sure, sure. Is that how you protest like those uh, like those yeah. uh, Tibetan monks? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do set fire. myself yeah. on fire, even for the, just the silliest things, really, yes. when I didn't get the right sandwich order. Yeah. Set myself on fire. You're, you're really hoping to get on a Rage Against the Machine uh, cover. Yeah, I am. I am. Cover, yeah. I'm, I'm also committed to just being angry. So, yeah. One, yeah. Of the, one of the funniest things about the, uh, the lockdown is just how many conservatives have suddenly realised how uh, – how anti-establishment Rage Against the Machine are. They're like, what? What? This isn't the machine I was told we were going to rage against. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> Please welcome our guest, uh, Burn Baby Burn, Disco Inferno. It's writer and producer Christian Hegg. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hello, hello, hello. I appreciate the, the nice little disco reference. That's uh, I've had that on repeat. No, quite a bit, I, I, you know. You're a bit, a bit of a disco fiend, are you there? I am. I mm-hmm. am. It's funny. I, I'm a big nerd. Actually, one of I do a lot of, you know, some cosplay on the side, and I actually did oh, awesome. a, uh, a disco fet, disco boba fet, at one point. So Ooh. having that stuff on repeat, yes, I'll have to, I'll have to share that at some point. But anyways, yes, happy to be here. <laughs> one Thank of, you so one much of my favorite quotes me. from The Simpsons is Disco Stew, where he goes, "Move, uh, move away, not today, disco lady." Disco lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. I get you. <laughs> one of my one of the references from disco that I always love is there was a show, oh I don't know if you've seen The Goodies, a UK show, used to be on in the afternoons when I was growing up and uh, they would always do a I think they were drunk when they were putting the show together. It was just nuts. That checks out. Yeah, that checks nuts out. I'm sure UK Monty humor. Python was all, all written drunk. Yeah, it didn't make sense. It was a lot ruder than any of us knew until we grew up and watched it and went, oh, God, that's rude. I'm pretty sure that every, every American sitcom in you know United States has, has yeah. been written yeah. while people are drunk. So that's, <laughs> that's saying something. That's, that's probably true. it. But one, one of the characters fell in love with Olivia Newton-John at some oh, point. Oh, well, I mean... Back yeah. then, she was, I mean, still now, she's uh, stunning. Oh, yeah. So, she's, yeah. She's hot as. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he fell in love with her, and he was a really, uh, what I would call a um, a dapper, a mm, dandy sort sure. of guy. Uh, yes, and he was, he'd be walk, wearing the white suit, walking down the street mm. going, you can tell by hey. the way I use my walk, I'm a woman's man, no time <laughs> to talk. And he was so not a woman's man. Was, I hope the attraction was something beyond physical, physical. 
as it were. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's get physical. But by the end of the episode, they ended up in Xanadu. Oh, God, I hated that. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I actually, with Xanadu, I was joking would watch the original movie. I was like, they should, they're going to make a musical of this. And then years later, mm. they did a Broadway musical of Xanadu yeah. in the States. Right. And I was like, I, people are, people are scanning my brain. It's true. Yeah. It's true. They, it's well, they, they probably are. Have you heard that? They probably are. The movie is. Uh, uh, it's ter- Andy Gibb, isn't it? I mean, you know, what were they thinking? Andy but it's like, it's like insane. It's like a dude who works, who what paints record. Covers or something, and then suddenly he, he, yeah, he does murals, and he and the muses are sent down. One muse is sent down. I and uh, what's his name? On roller skates. Gene Kelly's in it. Gene Kelly. Oh man. Oh my god. I I couldn't believe that the movie got made. But then again, the (laughs) seventies. Well, yeah. When when you have that song and Olivia Newton-John, it's like who cares what the movie's about? Well, that's true. Although I I do believe that. Yeah, great soundtrack though. It is, but I do believe Gene Kelly saw the movie and went, "That's it." (laughs) I'm done. I'm (laughs) out. I love Gene Kelly. I appreciate you. Well, then again, another another Doctor Who connection. ELO, you know, did the soundtrack Mm -hmm. for for Zandu. ELO, of course, and Love and Monsters. You know, don't bring me down. Uh, All right, uh, as we always do with with new guests, uh, Christian, do you want to go through your history with Doctor Who? How did you you get into Doctor Who? How did I get into Doctor Who? So I think right around the time when the show came back, 2005-ish, right, the the reboot, um, I'd I'd never, I'd never, I was sort of familiar with Tom Baker because Tom Baker is kind of the iconic doctor that everybody knows. Um, and then I, some friends of mine were watching it, and of course it came to Netflix or whatever. And I started uh, from the beginning, in 2005, with Christopher Eccleston, and I just started watching from there and there and there. Um, and just since then, since 2005, 2006, I really started like getting in the show, becoming a huge fan. Got my wife to watch the show, um, you know, uh, and I found a lot of my friends had watched the show as well. So it was a nice little kind of connection to it. And you know, as as a huge sci-fi fan, you know, of course, this was like my my bread and butter, and I loved it. And a lot of the stuff that I write, a lot of the things I get involved with, you know, I I definitely use Doctor Who as as a as a big reference, you know, as a as an inspiration for a lot of the weird things that I come up with um, as far as what I like to do. But yeah, it's it's been a such a such a huge part of my life, and um, I know I've. I think I have like three different Tardises in my house. Not actual. I oh. wish actual Tardises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have. That's I have the like dream a, for every. I have for every, a tour, uh, Yeah, I have the one. I have like I think a couple figures, you know, of 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 rows of of ten, and then, then the actual Tardis. Then I have a cookie jar Tardis, and then I have a third Tardis. That's I don't even know what it is. But yeah, we have we have that we and even for our wet our our. our our friends knew how, how much how big Doctor Who fans we were, so they got us a bunch of like Doctor Who memorabilia and paintings. We have the Matt Smith, uh, uh, what's one? Uh, Come along, Pong. oh Vincent the, Van Gogh, the, the night, yeah. The, well, no, we have the night the, the Nighthawk diner painting in the back, the one where Amy oh Hall right, and, and the Doctor is sitting at the famous painting, the Nighthawk diner, like the. Uh, I forget the name of it, but anyways, it's that we have that in our house. So we have like, you know, little, little things around the house. I think someone gave us a doctor who beach towel. Cause you know, they cause clearly <laughs> yeah. I go to the beach. No, no, but yeah. Just, yeah. but yeah, just weird little things. memorabilia that people have given us over the years because they know that we're huge. My brother's into it. So it's like, it's just a fun, oh, it's a family affair. part of my life. Yeah. I, I love it. So yeah. So try to keep up with it as much as I can. Yeah. And of course I, I, I uh, suffered through the 1996 movie as well. I was curious. <laughs> and I, sh- I should have let that lie. I should have been like, you know what? I'm good not knowing 
what this is. So. Yeah, I feel like it's a test for most Whovians where it's like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this, and if I still love it at the end, it's like, okay. <laughs> I, I am, a, I am a true fan. Yeah, yeah, I am a true fan, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I never watch, watched the original. I tried watching the original, but it's kind of, it's tough to get into that. So maybe someday I'll try to force myself to watch the original the original series at some it's point. It's a different, it's completely different aesthetic. Like we've, we've yeah. watched a couple of the older episodes and I, I obviously right. got into the show in through 2005 series as well. So it is different to go back and watch what would, what would now be like a one 40 minute episode yeah. split up into right. like six half an hour episodes where people keep getting kidnapped again and then released and then kidnapped again. And it's like, it, 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 it always blows my mind to think that at a time when there were only like six or seven channels on TV, they they were so desperate for stuff that they would just pad stuff out and be like, ah, oh, we'll just you, you know we'll just pad it out, we'll just make it go for longer. And but it's also crazy. that was the sixties and seventies; it was True. serial television. Yeah, um, and that I was come- going to say, how do they do? Like how when they? Sh- I was always curious about how the, how the episodes were released. Were they just se- there was a serial format, right? For like mm. one episode yeah. was like different segments. Yeah. So what I would do is um, we only had one station where I grew up, one TV station, but it would be on Monday night, so you'd watch it for half an hour, and then part two would be Tuesday, part three would be Wednesday, and it would finish, usually they were fours, finish on Thursday, and then there'd be something else on a Friday. So it was it was really kill you if it was a six-parter, and you had to wait three nights before you could watch it again on the following Monday. But it, it was just... You know, serial TV was the way it was. So you always had a cliffhanger at the end. Some of them were good. Some of them were bullshit. Um, And we've picked out a few of the ones that I thought were really good and we've done reviews of them and some of them you've liked. And some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some you've gone kill. But I I do, I do look at it a lens. It's not suited for today's a format no. where you can sit down and binge the whole thing. Like those twelve-part episodes aren't designed to be sat down and watched all together. No, you know, no. But, so. yeah, I would always recommend anyone watch Genesis of the Daleks sure. because it gives you such a great backstory of the Daleks and Davros. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Our episode today is 42, Series 3, Episode 7, written by Chris Chibnall and directed by Graham Harper, originally aired on the BBC Saturday, May 19th, 2007. We start, as we always do, with a short synopsis. The Doctor and his companion find themselves on a vessel that drifts towards a large space phenomenon that threatens the entire crew. The TARDIS is lost, and soon the crew are being possessed and killed by a strange entity. Will the Doctor and Rose be able to stop the beast? Sorry. Will the Doctor and Martha be able to stop Taraji, a sentient star? They only have 42 minutes, and the clock is ticking down. I love uh, Graham. I love him. Sure. I think he's fantastic. Sure. Anything that he's in always gets me a little bit excited. The um, director? But yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, uh, and it's, I forgot that Chris Chibnall wrote this. Mm. That's uh, right. And, yeah, and re-watching it, I didn't know how I would feel re-watching it. Yeah, rewatching it, I'm like, um, we have literally done this episode last season, a two-parter, like Impossible Planet. No one sits. As you were describing it, I was like, wait a minute, this sounds like the Beast Below. Like this sounds like, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly, the the, the Impossible Planet. I'm like, wait a second, yeah, it's the same. It's a similar. Well, that's the whole like thing with Martha, right? It's like she even says like he's going back and revisit all these old hits with her, like she did with Rose. Yeah, Uh, I suppose. Yeah, at at least he's not an absolute bastard to Martha. (laughs) this one because he has been in the previous couple of episodes 
Um, yeah, true. But she's still nicer to him than he deserves, I think. <laughs> Much as I love the Doctor this season... His, the way he treats Martha annoys me so much. Well, now now that he's a full now that she's a full companion, mm. he, uh, he he doesn't treat her as badly as he has for the last couple of episodes. Mm. Maybe we'll see. Now that Martha has been upgraded to full companion, the Doctor soups up her phone with universal roaming. However, before she can give it a go, the TARDIS receives a distress signal and they end up on a very warm spaceship. Martha takes off her black cardigan, which then completely disappears. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe, maybe it burnt up. Maybe burnt. Burn yeah, probably, because it was outside, yeah. <laughs> they meet the crew of the ship who advise them they have 42 minutes until they crash into a sun. Ooh. Yes. Just 42. Yeah. Just 42 minutes. I mean, the, I mean, the title itself, of course, is yeah. you know the 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 Hitchhiker Guide, yeah, the Galaxy. Big reference there. I'm I'm not as I'm not as well versed in that world. My wife, again, she's she's a big fan of that, and so yeah, that's the connection that I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, the the whole time that like there's this is like the tropius troped episode, mm. you know, as oh, far yeah, as Doctor totally. goes. There's so many so many things that like of the space, like outer space, everything go wrong kind of thing. Because again, rewatching the episode, you're just like, wait a second. You know, like there's so many things in this episode that I was like, just when I was, I was taking notes, I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. But they have the countdown. They have, they have the, an evil entity chasing them down. They have all these things there in space. It's a distress call. There's a captain who's not letting on what she spoke. You know, there's not, oh, yeah. she's not yeah, giving yeah, us yeah. all the information she yeah. wants to do, you know. But also, it's also yeah. such a British episode as well. It's such a, so British, like they, they have a pub quiz to get through the door. Yeah, pub quiz going <laughs> for, on, yeah. For an episode where they don't know who the Beatles are, but and yet everything is super British. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is, and but I did love that, that it's a pub quiz and it's not, you know, it's just beautiful and random, I thought, Yeah, that they have yeah. a pub, pub quiz yeah. uh, thing. But, yeah, very British. Uh, but it did remind me also of later on we have Midnight when the Doctor's uh, on, oh, yes. on the, sure. that Mind me a little Classic. bit of that. that mm-hmm. And Classic. the Tom Baker, um, Elizabeth Sladen, the Planet of Fear. Sure. Or planet of planet of evil, where everyone gets taken over by antimatter, as you do, <laughs> as you do. Love it. Uh, after the theme music, the Doctor tries to get back to the TARDIS, but it's in the vent room. It'll keep getting hotter the closer they get to the sun. Considering the temperature rose three thousand degrees in ten seconds, mm. it's a surprise they managed to survive being in that room for so long. Yeah. Well, thank God they did. Yeah. If they had to stay there episode. for one second I was longer, say, or else we wouldn't have a we wouldn't have an episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say things need to have every time I question anything, we're just watching something and I'm like, I just did sci-fi, whatever. They're in space. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. But, and- so they're they're in a different they're not, not they're not forward in time, right? It's just a different part of the galaxy, or they're just in they're another they're a distant galaxy. Oh, they're they're, they're definitely they're definitely in the future in Martha's future, okay. that's for sure. Yeah, okay, Martha's Martha's future. future. Right. Yeah, and it uh, it is one of the things with Doctor Who that you do sometimes just have to sigh and go, you know what? That's how it is because Adam always complains to me, oh, and whenever the doctor turns up, there's trouble. Yeah. And I go, yes, but that's because the TARDIS knows and so the TARDIS <laughs> decides to take him there. You see, this is how I live through my Doctor Who universe. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason, buddy. This is one of the only times where they actually get a distress call and they mm. go to the distress call. Like mm. usually it's just they turn up and they're like, all right, let's find out what the issue is. Yeah, exactly. I always hate it when they can't get to the TARDIS. Yeah. There's always that part of me that feels a bit more panicked. 
panicky. Like, what's going to happen? But they did the exact same thing in The Beast Below, where it falls into the middle of the the thing. Like, there isn't even a valid explanation. At the end, they're just like, ah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Cool down. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, they're like, it's not in the budget. You know how expensive it is to get those shots of the exterior and then the interior and having the actors like, oh, it's small. It's bigger on the inside. You know? Well, that's the other thing about the storytelling aspect is like, well, what can we, like, do we have the doctor not be able to function without the TARDIS. He can't use the TARDIS in this episode, so he has to rely on like everything around him. Or is it gonna ha- is it gonna be a TARDIS centric episode where it's like either one or the other, you know? And there's a lot of episodes yeah. where it's like where he figures out, okay, you know, he doesn't need the TARDIS. There's a ton of episodes. Like you can count like on two different on hands two hands, like how many times the doctor doesn't have the TARDIS. Like I'm pretty sure there's met him in like the like a like at least three or four episodes in a row at one point where the, he was just relying on his own wits. Yeah, and I remember Jodie was like that in her first couple of episodes. And Matt Smith, yeah, yeah. Matt Smith's yeah. first go, he didn't have the TARDIS, he didn't have a Sonic, so it's just like one of those things where it's just or the episode where it does, and that's the thing. It's like never you never yeah it's, you you don't know where you're gonna get for the sake of the plot. It, are, is it gonna be a TARDIS centered episode? And you learn more about the TARDIS and how like really dirty it is. Like how hard it is <laughs> to God. <laughs> I, I really feel like they went for the for specifically for for nine and ten for for Eccleston and, and Tennant. They really just went into the prop closet, right? Just wherever, and just took a bunch of stuff and like this because Smith seemed like had this retro style, which was kind of cool. Everything kind of had its thing, very vintage. And then of course with Tennant, it just looked like a bunch of junk. We're like, oh, here's a hammer. Oh, here's just like a switch we found. Oh, here's this. And then as the show progressed, we saw more of a machine. Like for later for Smith and then for Capaldi, they shared a very machine-like TARDIS. As soon as Capaldi came in, he, he gets like a, a cleaner or something, a robot cleaner to like clean up. He's like, this is filthy. I can't believe what I've done yeah, to the place. I can't even deal with this right uh, now. Like, Smith, Smith's was pretty shiny, I sure, remember. Sure. Yeah, Smith's was very, yeah, I liked the early, like when he was young, like the season five, like series five, when he started having a very like cool, very well-lit TARDIS, you know, with the very, like the, the old retro, like when he was like, even when he's communicating, like the old technology that he had yeah. in, his, in his TARDIS. But it's, and I always, I always find it so funny that, you know, David Tennant, who's Scottish, wasn't, you know, didn't do his Scottish accent. And Capaldi was just like, forget it. I'm just going <laughs> to yes. so There's nothing you can do about that. I'm, I'm Peter yeah. fucking Capaldi. You yeah. Know, there's like, differences <laughs> between like the series they're watching now. Like, so, so, you know, li- they literally probably only just been, um, uh, renewed for another season. They're mm. doing like filler episodes to try and like mm. make cheap episodes to fill in the thing. Now it's like, no, we're going to cut the amount of episodes you have. You only have 10 episodes. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you five, an extra five minutes per episode. And it's like, they're, they're literally trying to stay on by the, the ed- by the edge of their seat basically. But back then it was like, all right, can you do an episode for like half what you normally do? Yeah. 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 We'll do two episodes at the same time. One won't have the doctor in it. It's fine. Well, that's because we've got a bit more prestige now. Yeah. Or they have a bit more prestige right. now. Yeah. I love the fact David Tennant's accent, uh, he just got bagged out for sounding, doing the worst English accent and equating it to Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Because apparently, and I didn't know, Dick Van Dyke got, got bagged out for his English accent oh, yeah. in Mary Poppins. Oh, of course, big, yeah, of course. That was a big to-do because, yeah, when he started, I don't know if it was as bad as Don Cheadle's accent in Ocean, the Oceans movies. That from I, from I heard, like, it's so funny, like, you can break down, like, British actors are so good at doing American accents. You know, you see, like, Christian Bale, you see Benedict Cumberbatch, you see all these great, act, like, British actors. Meanwhile, you have American actors who some, some have done British accents pretty well but like Don Cheadle, Dick Van Dyke, 
Um, though, though I did hear that British, like British people did actually like Renee Zellweger's accent in Bridget Jones' Diary. They said that was actually pretty good. I thought she was good. And I thought Gwyneth in Sliding Doors was good. Sure. Not that I'm a fan of Gwyneth at the best of times, but I thought she was good in Sliding Doors. She's a little weird for me. Oh yeah. 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 And it it is a, like Christian Bale, I didn't realise he was English for a while. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you kind of have to master the American accent to, uh, to, you know, but, uh, but now it's like, yeah. When you watch Dr. Strange and you hear that Mm. accent, it's like, nah, that doesn't sound quite right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, after you've seen him in Sherlock, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, basically, it was so funny when that was like when the fandoms, like all the everybody's, you know, in the fandoms had exploded. You know, you have all these Sherlock fans who are also Marvel fl- fans. You're like, oh, is he? Because it was rumored that he was going to be Doctor Strange, and then the minute he became Doctor Strange, everybody was just like lost their minds. And then it, there was there's such a perfect opportunity for him and Robert Downey Jr. to share the no shit Sherlock joke, but that we didn't we didn't get that. Joke. Oh, damn it. it. Maybe unfortunately, I think that was just fan service. Maybe someday, maybe in a flashback or something. But it reminds me of a friend of mine. He's he's German. He lives in Australia now, uh, mm. and he'd watched a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies just in <laughs> German. And when he came over here and watched them and with the English, mm. and and heard his actual voice because they get dubbed by a, a deep oh, right, sure. in Germany. He said he laughed and laughed and laughed oh, when he first no. heard his English accent. Oh. Well, then, then, of course, there's the story that apparently uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a voice coach to help him keep his Austrian accent because that's part of his oh, it is brand. His brand yeah. But apparently when you just hear him talking normally at a party or something, he sounds way more American. But he has to actually put the voice on because he's like, oh, it's what people that's expect. I yeah, wonder if that's true. Because he's lived most of his life. He's probably lived like two thirds of his life in America. Yeah, now. he was he was in the U.S. like from the, a very young age. Like he was basically min- winning all the Olympias, Mr. Olympias, back to back to back. He was like the bodybuilding circuit, all that stuff, Venice Beach, all that stuff was happening in the seventies. Yeah, so he's yeah. basically like been in, you know he's been and he, and he had a, started his career like his movie career and everything. So, it's yeah. weird to think that like the first couple of movies he was in, they they dubbed somebody else's voiceover because they, the voice they yeah. were like, no yeah. one can understand him. But now he's actually like trying to keep that voice because it's part of the brand you know he's- so when i talk to him he actually sounds like christian yeah yeah probably yeah yeah, yeah. christian no, christian no. could be the voice of arnold schwarzenegger is what we're I trying to say there. yeah we don't know we have not seen each other in the same i haven't been in the same room in, as him so we don't it's really for all we know i think that's a very important point there christian it is yeah. Right, none of I don't think any of us have been in the same room. So technically, <laughs> technically, Arnold Schwarzenegger could be the three of us in a trench coat. Is what we're trying Who to say. It doesn't know. It's true. It's true. Wow, <laughs> I'm not the voice. I'm too girly. I'm so I'm surprised we got that deep or this early on. Yes. <laughs> that <laughs> That's is, what we do. That's what we do. I was going to say it's all downhill from here. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, the ship uses enemy, en- energy scoops for fusion, a process which has been outlawed. Apparently, the Pentelian is due for an upgrade next docking, but it feels like they might be lying about it. Uh, yes, I think so. I mean, I really? love... I, I don't know. It wasn't subtle at all with yeah. the way that people were just saying, uh, what are you talking about? I, I'm not doing anything. What's an, what's an energy scoop? Yeah. I, I, f- I feel like there's sort of a thing of like, oh, maybe we'll do it next time. But then mm. it's like, no, we're, we're definite. But, you know, why just, just get an upgrade? 
upgrade? Is it like it's not free or something? They have to pay for it or who knows? I was going to say, it's like it's like your registration, right? It's like the yeah. same thing for like your license registration or something. You know, I really should do it. Or like, like your ex- inspection, right? When you get your car inspected in the States, we have to have it like every few years. And if you're like, oh, I'll do it at some... But there's a sticker literally on your window to tell you this is when it expires. So it's like, I wonder if there's a giant sticker and like in this kind of on the Pantaleon that just says it right there, what year they need to upgrade it. Um, but yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it costs money. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't my, know. my feeling was that they didn't have enough money to do it. I mean, you saw the decor of the place, right? Yeah, sure. You know, this this is not state of the art. This this looks like, I don't know, a factory that went flying. Right, it's, yeah. It's uh, yeah. pretty bad. It's messy. It's messy. And I think that's what I like about the episode. It's very like, well, the thing is you, you feel like you're sweating as you're watching the episode too. You're like, there's just all the sweat coming down because you just feel the heat. Not only is it with like the setting of the dirty, danky ship, which is nice because like not all ships are like looking, you know, looking clean and fresh and everything like that. Not all ships look like the interior of like a star destroyer where everything's black and constantly like poorly lit. But like with here, it's like, a very dingy, but also the lighting was really cool yeah, about yeah, it yeah. because the lighting made it feel like really you had to squint. You know, you're like, oh, is that? Oh, they're sweating a lot. You know, you, you're yeah, just like, but the, okay. The problem is if oh. if it was a if it was like a ship, like a fishing boat or something. Yeah, it's like a dingy sort of. You'd expect there'd be a couple of leaks, but it's like they're in the middle of space. If they have one leak in the hull, right. the entire they everybody in the crew gets sucked out through that tiny <laughs> yes, little hole. You know. Die. Yeah, that, that's it's a very true. not well kept ship. It is. It is definitely. It's definitely like I will do this tomorrow kind of attitude. Yes. Everybody, but they're in space. It's where they're, it's their entire existence. <laughs> if I rocked up and I was like, oh, this is where we're going to live. I'm this. out. I'm no, out. I I could tell you how upset I. There's something very specific about. It. I don't know if we're gonna. We're, we'll get to it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. You, as you tell it, but yeah, it's a very very unkept ship especially in space so no i agree i agree wholeheartedly the thing i i read the main actress she's been in i don't know the soapy coronation street and a few things and she was a bit nervous because they said no makeup you've got to look really like you're in a so and you can tell she's not wearing any any makeup meanwhile the makeup artist is like uh what am i supposed to do mm. guys <laughs> it's like can i go home early yes. <laughs> yeah well who's who's david how is, who's doing david's hair is david's hair i'm sure they have a constantly? they have a separate person for that they have david's <laughs> hair guy and then they have the makeup artist That's no wrong. they have david no they have david hair team for that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's a team there's about 10 of them i think I would love to see that spin-off of the show is like David Hair David's hair team. Yeah. Like, hi, we're David's hair team. <laughs> yes. This is why it looks always so good. But as you tell, like, as the show as this as series three continues on to series four, the hair sorely starts moving up more and more. Yeah, like yeah. I know. You're like, higher. I can get higher. <laughs> it's so high. Yeah. But yeah. like it yeah, I was gonna say, like, it's a very yeah, it's it's very real in the sense that, yeah, there's definitely just the grease and the grime. You're like, I don't want to be on that ship. Mm. <laughs> it's gross. And it does. It's a great feel. I, I love right, the feel right. of the whole yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right. But and David, David Tennant's the doctor is like it, it's almost like he rolls up his sleeves and he's like, "All right, let's do this. I've I've done this. Uh, I've I've once used a tea bag twice instead of throwing it out, so I know what it's like to be poor." 
I quite like that, but I just think they couldn't put him in low ceiling ships because his hair just gets too high. His hair would just get everywhere. Yeah, eventually. Like clearance levels. Yeah, yeah. No. he's out, he's out. The <laughs> only option is the auxiliary engines, but they need to get past 29 password sealed doors to get to the front of the ship to activate them. Riley, Riley and Martha go to unlock the doors to get to the bridge because the best things in these situations is to split the party. Riley and Martha. <laughs> yes. She should have stayed oh with God. Riley. I was gonna say, yeah, that, that yeah, it's it's funny because it's like, yeah, we we this is this is this part of the episode where we have to start caring for people, right? This is where we start getting getting to know people, getting to know. And you're like, oh, okay, this is this is this is our character development. We're gonna because we, there's only 42 minutes, so we have to like we have to stay, we have to get to know these people. We have to start to like them because we can't like introduce them and then totally just kill them off like most episodes, you know, after two you know two three minutes. Well, they have they have other people for that, so they have the right. old grizzly guy and you <laughs> right. know they you know. Mm. But I think they normally do it in most episodes. They kind of do it pretty well. I think that oh, yeah, you, yeah. you 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 at least find something to like about them. But occasionally, no. Right. It's like a slasher film, basically. It's like there's a, they start off with a cast of twenty, and you mm. can't remember anyone's names because eventually they're just going to start murdering people, and you'll know the right. names of like five or six people by the well, end. Well, you'll know the sex couple. They get yeah, killed. yeah. You'll know the sex couple, yeah. but they'll get killed while having sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The bookie yeah, no, girl I, I, who yeah, went. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're gone. Yeah, they're dead. They're dead. Well, it's funny because like it's so funny how some shows will telegraph who's gonna die and who's gonna like live in these sort of scenarios and stuff like that. It's like they one character specifically talks something about having a kid or they're retiring oh, or something yeah, very yeah, specific, yeah, yeah. and then you're like they're dead or they're 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 dating somebody in the, like a, a main like if a if a supporting character happens to be dating a main character of the show you're like this is not gonna last yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like five minutes or or the doctor when the doctor's like all of you can go i'll stay here by myself with the person who's just freaking out it'll be totally fine it's like you're dead bye you're dead bye goodbye well is there i was gonna say is is there a game where you can see when the doctor tells somebody that they're not, they're, I'm going to save your life, but then doesn't? Because that happens a lot too, right? <laughs> like, are there are there times where? No, I've I've definitely watched enough That's of the show true. to realize that they're like, you're going to be okay. Uh, Voyage of the Damned. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think I think in the drinking game, over. that's when you down your entire drink is when that yeah, happens. Yeah, if all four characters die within five minutes of each other, it's being like, all right, well, let me see how it is. <laughs> I think if I was in any of these situations, then people said you know what are you looking forward to when you get up i've got nothing yeah nothing i've got nothing to look forward yeah. to uh, are you going out with anyone no um, <laughs> i'm a complete blank slate yeah, yeah. Uh, would you would you like to come over with this person no thank you i'll just stay here <laughs> i would just stick with the doctor the whole time like wherever right, the fuck basically. you're going i'm Ooh. gonna go with you babe yeah i'd actually like not just stick with him i'd put my arms and legs around his back and then make him carry me everywhere then i'd survive <laughs> The Doctor and ship captain Kath get called to the med bay where Kath's husband Corwin has been found. He put the ship into secure closure, destroyed the engine, and now refuses to open his eyes. The Doctor knocks him out with a sedative and tells him that Corwin has become infected and is presenting weird energy signals. I think I could have told you that. They leave Corwin in the care of the Doctor. That's the ship's Doctor, Abby Lerner. Oh, yeah. Victim number one. Well, t- victim number two, I suppose, if you count Corwin That's as okay. the first victim. That's okay. Chibnall will bring her back. It'll be fine. You know, she'll be- <laughs> <laughs> Of course. It's like going to say, isn't that the rule of Doctor Who? If you play a one-off character, they'll bring you back for something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Because like, we see that happen a rather. I mean, it's fu- yeah, I just it's funny when you start to have that aha moment. You're like, you're like, wait, wasn't that person just like some random 
like one off character in that one episode and now they're like they have a major role in a later episode so yep. that, yeah that happens a lot so you know it's probably in I, your I, contract I was... if you're only in two scenes you get to come back as another small character if you're in the entire episode as a main character mm. you'll probably come back as the doctor yeah probably. Yeah, most likely that happens that happens i wanted i wanted them to bring back the young girl in impossible planet who dies at the beginning of the first episode and i can't think of her name I oh uh sissy or Su- something suki. suki no suki, suki. yeah I liked her. Yeah, haven't brought her back yet. I was. I, and speaking of episodes that like introduce you to a bunch of characters, you really start to care about. I really like that because they set everybody up. Like they set they they immediately establish their scenario within the first ten minutes. You know, yeah, and true. I'm like, and like the captain is is he's not he wasn't the first captain. You know, so he's kind of had this this weight put on him. So that's an episode where, or a sense where I liked how they developed everybody early on where I was like, immediately I'm like, I, I'm, I care about every single one of these characters. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's interesting how, like how Dr. Who will do that, where they'll take just like a very innocuous, like they'll just show up, whether it's a distress call or not, they'll show up. And then immediately you'll meet a ragtag bunch of people that you're like, Oh, okay. I can see why I can see I still care about these people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I like that. And I like that we don't sort of turn up at, they're always ragtag. They're not, you know, completely well organized. They've got everything under control and uh, nobody really needs the doctor. I like yeah, that we don't do that. They're pretty, I was going to say like, how have you, have we ever been, well, we've always been in the, the scenarios where they clearly know what they're doing, but they really don't versus yeah. we have, we have no idea. Like we have this under control. No, you don't. Obviously that's why doc, the doctor, showed up you know where scenarios like you know like in midnight you're saying like yeah basically how the situation like there's one person saying that the situation is under control but it's clearly not so you know you have these scenarios where you these rag these bunch of people that are just like thrown in a situation and it's very much like they're just a bunch of random people brought together by the scenario yeah yeah they, they never turn up to a scenario and it's like everybody's on the same page everybody understands mm. each yes. other they're all like <laughs> ragtag like they never turn up and it's like no we're all totally fine don't worry about yeah. it everybody believes the doctor immediately like oh well obviously you're a doctor so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You. they'll always have one person who will believe the doctor because they he says that he's a doctor. Mm. One person who's like, I don't believe you. Uh, another person who's like, I'm still on the fence, but I'll believe you by the end of the episode. Or another one who believes the doctor but has evil intentions, yeah, yeah, so yeah. won't believe yeah. him. <laughs> or there's somebody that you clearly think who doesn't believe the doctor who you think is the bad guy, but later on is just misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just not loved or breastfed by his mother. Of course. Of course. Uh, The only way to open the deadlocked doors is through answering a pub quiz. This includes questions such as the date the SS Pentillion first set off, finding the next in a sequence of happy prime numbers, and obscure old English questions like who had more number one hits, Elvis or the Beatles. Unlike a pub quiz, though, they can't get any questions wrong or else the system will freeze them out. However, this never happens, and I don't know why they bring it up because they get them all right. Yeah, they do, but it's, yeah, it, we, it adds to the tension. Them, I was going to say we see like the first five questions, and then the rest were to assume that they got everything right. Right? Is that? Yeah, yeah. Is that? Is yeah, that, they, they exactly can't. Ha- they can't spend the entire episode writing questions. Why okay? not? <laughs> I'd watch that episode. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yes. I want to know my trivia, goddammit. Like, tell me what's going to – I want to know where this thing is. Like, what is this? What is this? Yeah, I, 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 that's a really good point because I didn't think about that. I was like, oh, wait, yeah. They literally answer three questions. Martha calls her mom, like, and is obviously terrible to her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and then later on we, we're just to assume that they got all the answers right. Yeah. I, Although I, I think Martha's mom's a bit of a bitch, i got to tell you. Yeah. I don't like her. <laughs> 
Whenever she calls up and she's obviously like emotional, her mum's like, are you with the doctor? Who's there? Where's the doctor? Why are you hanging out with this man? It's like, you have just met this guy. Yeah. He's that woman. I'm in my 20s. She literally just met him the episode before. Mm -hmm. And then a weird government person came up and was like, he's bad news. And she's like, yeah, pro government. Woo. (laughs) Government turns up, tells me someone's bad news. Because I'm Australian, I probably go, I mean, I'll just say, look at that hair. He, he's mm. obviously trouble. You know, he's obviously this. You don't know where you're going to go. Look at his shoes. Look at those shoes. Yeah. He's obvi- who wears Chuckies and has a hairless hairstyle like that? Clearly <laughs> Absolutely. somebody who is just he's But also he saved everybody. them last episode. He saved them. Uh, yeah, that doesn't matter. I think I think Christian's right. If you don't have a side part and pat your hair down, <laughs> you cannot be taken seriously in life. No, she's, a, she's very hard to like Martha's mother in this. Very hard to like. Uh, Martha rings her mum and asks her to look up who had more number one hits using her mid-2000s internet. Ah, uh, remember those days, guys. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's not even, like, there's a vague, like, dial-up tone, but she is on the internet straight away. You know, I remember the days in my youth where you'd sit around and you'd go, hey, who was it who sang Don't Go Breaking My Heart? Yeah. Oh, Fred will know. Let's ring Fred at three yeah, yeah, in yeah. the morning. Hey, Fred! <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, what did we do before the, I was going to say, what did we do before smartphones? What did we do before the internet? We had to go to the library or ask somebody and even then they wouldn't know. I was like, we just sat around it just. Yeah. (laughs) Even when we first had the internet, it was like, oh, I'll look up the answer. Give me 10 minutes. Mm, That's true. (laughs) That's true. And as you were dialing up, some idiot picked the phone up. You go, ah, I got to start over again. I was going to say the most, (laughs) no, the most realistic aspect of Martha's mom looking up the information is like everybody asking their parent to look up some information on the internet. It's the same thing. You're like, all right, go to that. Hang on. It's still loading. You're like, Okay, hang on one second. Yep, yep. <laughs> you just go to the – no, hold on one second. Hang on. You, it's the same – that to me was like that's too real. Like that is – like that. That's. I'm sure that's happened to people all the time. But if this day. was a classic episode, oh, she would have rung up her mum and asked her mum, hey, do you know? But then Russell T. Uh, Chibnall's like, yeah, but I've got to involve the internet somewhere because the internet's new. It's what everyone uses yeah. now. So she looks it up on the internet. Yeah. Why would you ring Tish or Leo? You know, I... or someone from the future where they have fast internet. Yeah, true. Maybe she didn't know. But I, Christian, I have that with my mother. She's in her eighties. She's got Facebook, and she'll ring and say, "I can't see anything." And I go, well, "Look at the buttons down the down the bottom. Hit this one." I don't have it. Yes, you do. Everyone should have that. Are you on Facebook? No, I don't have it. And this will go on for like forty minutes. And I will want to get in the car, drive to her house, pick up her phone, go, this button, and then drive home and ring her back. And well, go, that's like right. that's the thing with we're dealing with everything remotely too because I work remotely. And that's like the biggest thing whenever you're in a meeting or you're anything like that. It's just like, no, you just, okay, never mind then. Forget it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just, you just feel like taking a Valium and having a lie down really. <laughs> uh, also, do you notice that she plugs in her mouse and then uses it backwards? Oh, I didn't yeah, yeah. She, that. She, hasn't, she hasn't turned it around the right way. She's the the cord is still pointing towards her, and she like pushes a button, but wow. the, the the mouse is like not working. I don't know why. No, she that's what we did back then. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We did in that. the mid two thousands, we used mouses backwards. Backwards. It was the cool thing to do because how else would it be ergonomic <laughs> for the sake? Oh my god! First lady I ever worked with when they gave us a mouse. She thought you held it up and rolled the ball underneath. With your <laughs> well, I mean, you could, yeah. you could. <laughs> it's very slow. Uh, also, that that laptop uh, boots up real quickly for something that's probably running Windows XP. Oh yeah! <laughs> Can't you you forget how crap 
yeah. the internet used to be. And you, Would she I have a laptop? What, life was what, is, like? what does Martha's yeah. mom do? What does she do? Do we know what they're – obviously her dad – They're very. Her, Martha's dad's obviously very rich. Like, you know, that, that's been established. If he can spend all – well, we don't know. We assume that he spends all the money on his girlfriend and all these, like, yeah. big parties. But we assume that Martha's parents are pretty well off if they can have, like – big parties yeah. at pubs well because she's at home like in the middle of the day so like she's yeah, not at work so either she's working right. from home or mm. in a time when hardly anyone would have worked from home yeah i don't think they ever explain what she does for a job mm. well yeah. she whines a lot and she's probably <laughs> doing a dossier about how bad well the doctor we know is. what tish does which is obviously has the best luck in, in the job market ever <laughs> yes. anybody in the history of ever well because of the master's machinations we know but like it's so funny how quickly she gets a job in pr and all these other things. I'm like, does she? Did she go to school for that? You but know, she, and well, she's a surprise. She's like, I can't believe I got the head of this PR yeah. job. But she does get a job in PR, and then her boss does try to eat her. So and then yeah, that's true. And then she gets a job in the government. So it's a total yeah. like obvious path. That's yeah, how it yeah. Works. Mm. You know, that's the same thing. I'd be really worried my boss would try to eat me in my next job. Just <laughs> yes. in case. Yeah, you'd constantly be worried from then on. Like yeah. that's what Doctor Who teaches us. Yeah, yeah. Make, make yeah. sure you don't get eaten by your boss. Yeah. You're just a creep who, ch- who chats up his workers. Oh, that's fine. As long as you don't yeah. try and eat me, that's fine. That's right. Uh, harassment. I that'll that'll do as long as I don't get I'm eaten. I'm used to I'll that. Do the, I'll do. I'll. That's the lesser of two evils. Well, that's the other thing. Like, Mar- yeah, Martha's. I mean, uh, Tish is totally okay with with like, oh, he's old and he's he's acting like a creep. But then when he's young, that's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we we talked about that. It's like as soon as he's young, she's like, actually, now it's not creepy. Ooh, there's some there's some HR issues going on there. Yeah. I can tell you, it's body body positivity basically. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Young people are great. In the med center, Corwin has woken up and tells Abby to burn with me. He opens his now glowing eyes and vaporizes her, leaving a burnt shape on the wall. Would there be? I don't know what, yeah, yeah. Well, we have to know, like, otherwise she's just a pile of dust, but you know. I was going to say, like, did it have to be, like, a cartoon shape of her yes. body? Just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we know it's her. It could have been anybody. Why do we have to assume that it was her? The I'm doctor not- comes in and he's like, oh, she must have exited out of this way. Uh, yeah, I thought it was very wily coyote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, you know. Well, yeah, it's it's like a yeah the imprint of somebody before they left, like on a photo or something. something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the test results show that the oxygen in Corwin's body has been replaced by hydrogen, and his body temperature was 100 degrees. We Ooh. know that it's 100 degrees Celsius, or the boiling point of water, and not 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 37 degrees Celsius, or the normal body temperature for a human. That's right. If it was Fahrenheit, then he's fine. Let him out. Yeah, yeah, he's totally fine. Must be 100 degrees. Celsius. <laughs> yeah, they should have specified that. They have an international audience. Well, everything else is British, so. Yeah, true. Yeah, I was going to say, we are to assume that it, yeah, I know. Yeah, mm. us, us Americans are like, what? Hang on a second. Back up a minute. <laughs> 100 degrees, that sounds fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's 100 what degrees, is- whatever. That's normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let him out, he's good. The captain warns the crew about Corwin. Arena, sent to get equipment and sick of being pushed around, asks for someone to kill her, so Corwin readily complies. Oh. <laughs> Arena. Poor Arena. Because we really, we got so much time with her. Did we really did we get yeah. any time with her in the beginning? No, no, yep, not really. Zero. She seems fine, but then when she's like, oh, someone killed me, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a side of her I've never, I haven't seen in a couple <laughs> of minutes we've met her. Yeah. <laughs> 
But what it's nice is if somebody obliges. Yes, exactly. When you ask that. Uh, why does Corwin wear the welding helmet? If his plan is to stop the crew of the ship, why not just keep his eyes open the whole time and burn the whole ship down? Yeah. I, I The helmet just... Like, it's really nice of him to put the helmet on so he doesn't, like, burn everything in the ship. Mm. They can only afford it for certain shots. Don't you know this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, he's he's quite a good-looking actor. And I would have liked I was, to see a bit say, more of him. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that some poor costumer spent a lot of time either looking for the helmet or getting that helmet. They're like, we're going to use this helmet so much. You know how much money <laughs> I spent yeah. on this helmet? This was like half our budget. Yeah, but it's also like the we were talking about Marvel. It's it's the it's the Marvel thing of like, well, you get Robert Downey Robert Downey Jr. to play Iron Man, and then you're going to put him in a mask for the whole movie. Yeah. Um, we want to see that pretty face. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I thought he was very pretty. I, he could have taken the mask off. Didn't I? Didn't understand yeah, it, it, but I. It's it's just weird because it, it definitely they again with the tropes they leaned into the whole creepy mask trope that you know that wasn't done in 1977 or anything like that of a famous sci-fi movie. No, but no, like, of I course never. Not, no. Yeah, no, I've never. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's Star Wars. I don't know. Um, uh, they, no, really? No. <laughs> no, really, I've never heard of that. They. It's. It, I think that that to me that just like I felt like they were trying to like if they were gonna do everything like everything sci-fi like horror or sci-fi like dark sci-fi they were gonna have a guy walking around a mask with a deep heavy breathing voice that they had to yeah. they had to use because they were doing everything else why not do that yeah that's true it um I just kept thinking he must all he's doing is just making himself even hotter sure, like sweaty sure. uh, like and then I thought then I thought the poor actor. That poor actor right. walking around. Yes, going, yeah, that's oh. true. Yeah. Spending all that time under the helmet. Mm. My favorite part of the episode is where he goes up to Arena and goes, oh, Arena, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine he rang his mum and dad and went, oh, I'm in Doctor Who, you got to watch me. We didn't see yeah. your face for the, until like, yeah, we only saw your face for the first five minutes. And yeah. Your eyes yeah. were closed. Yeah. Sure? And I didn't know that they were going to redub my voice as uh, James Earl Jones. I didn't know that <laughs> yeah, was going to happen. The other thing. I, uh, uh, what are we all going to do when there's no James Earl Jones voice? <laughs> have you seen the Have you seen the footage of uh, of David Prowse uh, doing the lines in the Darth Vader? Yes, without James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say it, would have been, it would have been a very different movie. That's all. I'm it was really. It was, they said people on set were like cracking up because they were like, "This can't be Darth Vader's voice. This is hilarious." Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Scottish, I think. Ah, oh. I thought it would be like, "Oh, look, I'm your father." Hello, <laughs> <laughs> love. I'm your bloody father, <laughs> innit? Or a very Australian voice. Hey, Luke, I'm your dad. <laughs> Put a fucking cape on it. <laughs> yeah. After an update on how close Martha and Riley are to the front of the ship, Corwin shares his powers with Ashton by burning his face with his hands. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He shares powers? Why does he need to share powers? So he just he just transfers himself, his consciousness, to the other one? Apparently. That, have we assume? That's All you need works? to do is look at the sun or be touched by the sun. I don't know why they don't just, don't, don't just go around and make everyone sun people. Like... Mm. I, th- I thought of Wonder Twin powers activate. Yes. Well, didn't they have both of them at one point too, right? The two of them yeah. walking around. Yeah. So I don't know why you just literally just make everybody sun people and just save a lot of yeah. time. Yeah. You don't have to kill anyone then. Well, not the way that you killed the poor old cartoon lady. 
You can you could just turn everyone into the sun and then have a ball. And also they can't hide. Like they, it's not like they can, you know, you're a sun person, but now go and infiltrate them because they walk around being like, burn with me, burn with me. Mm. All right, mate, burn with you. We've mm. heard it a thousand times before. You are really bad at blending in <laughs> yes. Ashton hunts down Martha and Riley, but they escape into an escape pod. After a dumb sort of back and forth to pad out the episode, the escape pod launches with Martha and Riley uh, and sent drifting close to the sun as the Doctor watches. I loved this bit. The the bit in the air, because I didn't like the bit just before where I, did they really think that people were going to find it exciting of people just jabbing numbers of a control oh, panel? Yeah. That, I'm like, and it's back and forth. Will they, won't they, will they, won't they, you mm. know. That's just, it's just, that's just a terrible, I mean, if you're talking about how old the ship is, that's just a terrible design flaw, right? Yeah. On the ship. Like just, there's only one place that they can guarantee that they're going to be safe for just <laughs> simply punching numbers yeah. frantically. Well, it's the music. Yeah. It's that's that's really what <laughs> makes the scene a little more interesting. Yeah. I'm sure. Hey, I, I'm a safety person. There was no risk assessment on any of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't have a safety person, so. Ah, uh, well, it's probably burn them. But they, yeah, I was gonna say, like that that scene after, though. Yeah, I mean that. Ooh, yeah, yeah, sure. I sure. love the scene after, and the doctors, you know, and she's at the window. I'm gonna save you. I'm oh. gonna save you. And I'm like, oh well, thank God you're not gonna be a dick today. That's great. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I just I liked that, and then you had that little bit of time with Martha and mm. Riley. Uh, I thought was good. I thought it helped develop her. Yeah, it was a nice little scene because I mean they're on the verge of death, so it's like they have to share this. There's, there's this moment between them that they have to kind of share this 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 time, this, their last minutes together. But like, does Martha lose faith? No, I mean, I'm, well, no. we don't, I mean, does she lose faith in the doctor? Because you know, it's this, this this really big kind of scary moment. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a very very nice scene that they have, and of course, yeah, this, seeing the dark Darth the doctor mouth Martha behind the glass was just like it was heartbreaking, you know. It, it was, and it's also that scene where you get to catch your breath. Hmm. Um, and sometimes when things are frantic, you just need a little bit where the audience can go, okay, go, yeah. yeah. I thought it was lovely. Martha holds out hope that the Doctor will save them, but Riley doesn't have anyone to believe in. Riley tells Martha to call her family, but he has no way of knowing that she has a phone that can actually call anyone throughout the universe. Yeah, and this is a little bit of the Doctor. The Doctor is a is a god yeah, stuff yeah. that I I <laughs> had some problems with. You know, anyway, I believe in the doctor. Martha calls her mum to speak to her one last time, but Harold Saxon's people are in Francine's flat trying to pinpoint where Martha is. You remember watching this and going, who's this Harold Saxon? What's going on? It's so cool. But it's the typical, like... Every every scene where they're trying to track a criminal on the other line scene, yeah. where she's doing the kind of the move, like the lady's doing the keep them on the phone kind of yeah, like a hostage. Yeah. Like hostage. It's, it's very much like pulled out of like a very, like a, a police drama. Like that whole sequence felt very like police drama-y to me because it was like these people we don't really know, but it, but it's very much like, oh, keep her on the line. We're going to keep her talking, keep her talking while we pinpoint her placement in time. And do they ever tell her mom what? Uh, what uh, no, no, she, no. Okay. They don't. And and you're right. Anytime I see someone saying, 
oh, we're gonna we're going to trace the call. I go, I know what they're gonna do next. They're gonna go keep him on the line. Yeah, keep, yeah, him, on yeah. keep him on the line. Keep him on the line. But that's the thing. Francie is doing a, a pretty good job of keeping the conversation going until the the Harold Saxon lady goes, keep him on the line, and then and then Martha's like, well, I better go. Yeah. All right, see ya. <laughs> I think I could keep him on the line, but anyway. Uh, Martha breaks down after the call with her mum, and Riley holds her for comfort, giving her a kiss on the head. It seems like a really inappropriate time to be trying to move up from friends, mate. Uh, no, you're just about to die. It's the perfect time. <laughs> okay, sure, fine. You know. Good Lord. If that's not the right time, the, the, it's not coming. There's no other time coming. Just go with what you got. Uh, Corwin further wrecks the engine so that they super can't fix it. After telling Kath that it's all her fault, he tries to vaporise her, but Oren opens the ice vent and freezes Corwin. Yeah. Freezes him. Freezes How many degrees him. Celsius or Fahrenheit? <laughs> yeah, don't know. It's the ice vent. I need to know. Every ship's got an ice vent, am I right? Yeah, but not a panic room. And every alien doesn't like ice vents ever. Like in every yeah, yeah, sci-fi yeah. movie, they're like, "I hate this. Is my one weakness. How did you find this? Either fire or ice. Like it's there's only two weaknesses for aliens on ships." Yeah, I think you've got to have a fire room as well because if the ice warrior is attacking you from Mars, then you need a. <laughs> but fire everywhere room. on the ship is the fire room. Mm. So <laughs> fire room, ice room. Do you think you'd like a panic room? Ah, oh, no, screw that. You'll <laughs> uh, be fine. Kath lures Ashton to the med centre and freezes him in the open status pod, even though her arm suffers no ill effects. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yes. It's a big that's... open machine that's shooting out ice, uh, freezing cold, apparently. And she's like, my arm's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she uh, has done ice training sure. as part of her job. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah, I was going to say, mm. she's a doctor. She's going to be a doctor. Obviously, mm. she's done that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the doctor hangs out the ship to grab a lever to remagnetize the escape pod to bring them back, conveniently found on the outside of the ship. Okay. This is yeah. what, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's talk about this, shall we? First of all, I love how many, like, levers and stuff he has to pull to get to the actual. It's like, a, yeah. and then if I turn this key, this will open, and then I turn this lever, and then that will open, and then this lever opens the thing for the other lever that I have to push to do the other lever, to yeah. do this lever, to do this lever. And then I put my right leg behind my neck. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and why sing, is it on the outside of the ship? Why? Yeah, why? Why? Is why? It, why is it on the? I I cannot tell you how angry that made me. Well, I was like, okay, yeah. well, first of all, why? Who designed this? Because it's always going to be on the outside of the ship. Star Trek yeah. does it. Always. Like Star Trek and First Contact did it with the Borg. I'm like, why are these very specific switches and everything have to be on the outside of the ship? Mm. Why yep. does this have to be on? So we could have the Doctor yell. <laughs> Even yeah. the Doctor's second episode when he has to uh, stop Cassandra, he's got to go through sharp things, yeah. pointy things, or fans to get to it. I mean, who who designed this? There was no risk assessment on this shit. And there's so much junk on the ship that he can't find, like, a wrench or something just to use it to, like, pull the lever down. Like, he's got, like, uh, no, I've got to just go a little bit further. Have you seen the movie Galaxy Quest? No, I haven't. Yes. It, it is very, oh. very fun, funny, but they have to go to the switch that'll save them and turn it off. Yeah. And it's got all these chopping, like, guillotine <laughs> things. And Sigourney Weaver's character goes, who designed this? What That yeah. literally happens in an episode. Yeah. Christopher Eccleston, the end of the world, he has to go through the blades to yeah, get that's what to I the, the button. With Cassandra, you know? yeah. It's the same oh, yeah, way you're, was, you're right. You're it was right. so funny with Galaxy. If you, I was going to say, 
we always joke that Galaxy Galaxy Quest is the best Star Trek movie you'll ever see because it makes fun of Star Trek and it's it's kind of the whole ridiculous. It's it's but but yeah, you're right. Like who designs these? Like why? It's only for the sake of the drama, but. In what world would this make sense where they design these things that are ter- obviously terrible, but yet they have to be on the outside of the ship or they have to be in this one area that's only accessible past these these giant fans or whatever? Yeah, what I've realized that is when we get to the Star Trek era and we yeah. have the Federation and stuff, we have not – we have just gotten rid of safety people because <laughs> nobody – nobody would design something that had chopping guillotines mm. – that you have to get to to stop everything. Well, everyone lives in harmony, and so therefore everybody's super safe. <laughs> so there are evil engineers going, hey, this will <laughs> fix everything, but let's put it right I here. mean, did you see the state of the ship? It's not like they got a good bargain on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Ship that they, I was going to say, like, they're, clearly their their organization system for all their different tools and cords and stuff like that looks like everybody's junk drawer, just with all the cables and all the USB cords and everything like that. And yet they obviously care so much about the ship, like... They, that's not, I was going to say, that ship is definitely, they got it for pretty cheap, I'm sure. And I, I'm sure they didn't think about that at the time. Oh, the escape pods. Do they have escape pods? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, that's all the questions I have about yeah. this. Yeah, pods. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 the ship is probably worth more as scrap metal, basically. <laughs> I love the fact that you've got this, it looks like someone did their work and then just chucked everything on the floor yeah. and ran off. Like, I'm surprised that the doctor doesn't lean out of the ship and half of it's being held together by duct tape, yeah. you know? <laughs> And zippy ties. Yes. But also, like, they keep talking about the heat shield, right? Mm. So normally a heat shield is, like, built into the hull of the ship, but he's hanging out on the outside. Mm. So is the heat shield, like, an energy shield or something? Uh, I don't think it's that it's sophisticated enough as a ship. But then does, does the escape pod have its own heat shield? Because they don't burn up as soon as they go straight I through, you know, like... So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. I, I'm assuming, like, for the sake of the episode, that everything is yeah. protected. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like. Yeah. As Christian said, they didn't ask any more questions. Just <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I know why they do things yeah. for the, the episode because yeah, it's no, required. No, 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 but, but I agree, but though. When you think I agree of it, completely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. When you think of it as a mining ship, just a generic mining ship, it's like, Mm. it's super, like, really well built to go close to suns, which you wouldn't really expect it to do Mm. all that often. Well, you know, anyway, we've got an escape pod made out of paper mache, didn't ask that question. (laughs) God damn it, we're all in trouble now. It just, you've got to watch Galaxy Quest. I will, I will. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Yeah, I agree. The doctor stares into the sun and becomes infected, realizing that the star is alive. He tells Cast. Kath, that it's all her fault. They scooped out the sun's heart for cheap fuel without scanning for life. Though, to be fair, why would anything be living in a star? In a sun? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know. There, there are some very strange animals that live in the middle of the desert in Australia. True, but, like, you know, statistically, the sun is not going to have a thing living in it, so. Well, you know, I think you think you know everything here. Yes. I have a question about that. Is it multiple beings that are living inside the sun or is it because like we're to assume that they're being infected by the same entity, right? So yeah. is it just yeah. like the part of the entity that's going into people or is it multiple entities from the same sun that are going into multiple people? Like I was oh, clear. I, yeah, I assumed it was just the one big entity and then parts of it were entering people. Okay, uh, okay. I, no, I, th- I thought it was the uh, little creatures from Fear Her that all lived in heat. Remember? 
The one we hate? Fear her, Chloe drawing the pictures. Oh, right. I, I was thinking of the oh, one, the, yeah. the new one. Right, sure, the, the multiple creatures. I was I thought you were meant the one with the fingers, where they stick the fingers in, in their ear. No, um, no, 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 no. No, yeah, yeah. Fear her. Oh, so you think the sun is made up of, like, little little creatures. Well, they like heat. Oh, God, I'm, I have to. I, the don't, little I know what psychic you're talking creatures. about. From the, yeah. the, the, uh, I can't remember what they're the, called. The Olympic episode. Yeah, the one with yes. the Olympics yeah, yeah. that are going to be. Yes. Yeah. Well, those okay. creatures... Sure. You know, heat. So maybe, maybe suns. I, I don't question where somebody wants to live. I'm not yeah. as judgy as you there, Adam. <laughs> uh, someone wants to live in the sun. You know, go, go at it. Oh, I assume the sun was Have a fun. was a giant like. A no, massive I thought they were creature. In the sun. Oh, okay, right. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't know. get that because they say that they used the sun's power and they like scooped out the heart of the sun and 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 then the, that creature was in sure, there. Sure. Sure. And went, oi, hey, this hey, is my house. Stop, hey, stop hey. eating me here. What, you're putting a freeway through here? Uh, yes. So okay, all right. I've, that was, that oh, was my. I, I looked it up. It's the Isolus is the That's name of it. That's right, the, the Isolus, yes. The Isolus. Yeah, they, have, they love heat. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, true. Mm. Oh, you think, it, you think it, do you think it's actually the Isolus? Well, I thought it was something, something similar. like that. Sure. Creature like, like it. That. It makes sense. Yeah. The heat. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it seems like the two creatures share information when they're like killing people so i assumed it was just the one <laughs> the one creature that is a that is an efficient alien spe- like i was gonna say that is a very efficient way to do things if you can commute if there's two of you and you can commute to the other one to kill more people that makes a lot more sense yeah and they could just be twins well but also twins this is are very connected this is where the doctor looks at the sun becomes infected by the sun so it's like is everybody who looks up at the sun in this galaxy getting infected by the sun creature or do the no. rays? Because it's sending out rays of light to all of the planets. I tell you what, that makes sense now that they tell us never to look into the sun. <laughs> there you go. We could get infected. We could get infected. <laughs> That's the real lesson that we need to pull from this episode. The, the problem is me. if you start spreading that rumour, people will actually fucking believe it. Okay. Now, Adam, <sighs> I, know. I would just I know. like to tell you that you have bloody well overthought this thing. <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay, there's a creature. It lives in the sun. It goes into your eyes occasionally. If I was a scriptwriter on Doctor Who, if I helped edit scripts and I kept asking these questions, no episode would ever get made. Never get made. Yeah. They'd be like, like, because. And I'd be like, but why? Because. Mm. Why? Because. Why? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? (laughs) Shut up. Get him out of here. Although, BBC, if you do want me to edit your scripts, I would gladly do that. Mmm. Yeah, there'll be like three lines left. Hello, <laughs> the doctor arrives and then the doctor leaves. That is just the like doctor, that's the whole episode. <laughs> but why doesn't the doctor help? All right, we're not doing this episode at all then. Yeah, I left everything that's plausible according to me in here. Yes. Uh, the doctor tells him to tells them to take him to the med center and use the stasis pod to freeze the sun's energy out of him. The doctor is scared and tries to tell Martha about regeneration, but she asks him. To believe in her like she believes in him. Ah. Ah. The power power of friendship wins again every episode. Yes, I don't think he believes in her quite as much as she believes. (laughs) A human? I'll never believe in a human. It's like, how dare you? Well, it's funny because, like, the whole believing in the doctor thing, they like to play with that a lot. Like, specifically, especially, like, the whole, like, the end of the series, obviously, with the whole big archangel thing but also like with um with matt smith in the labyrinth episode too with the minotaur like that was another like leading into a belief of the doctor to the point where 
you know, give yeah, yeah, it's the idea of believing in the doctor as 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 a concept, as a as as something that will no matter what you is something that you can count on. And yet the BBC probably hates that we worship the doctor like a god, so <laughs> Mm, I have to go. I have to go and do my daily prayers to my idol god, <laughs> the TARDIS. Yes, hang on yeah. one second. Yes, TARDIS. Well, oh, and then and then uh, what's it called? The fires of Pompeii. Same thing. Those those uh, those people. Oh, from household Pompeii gods. From Rome. Mm, the household mm. gods are Donna and the Doctor Donna. So yeah. You know? hey. Uh, the the doctor religion you have to wear a fez and a bow tie and you have to like touch yes. the fez and the bow tie whenever you're you wearing pray. 3d 3d glasses too to <laughs> yes. really see see it all i yeah, always all, do that all of our eyesight is fucked and up when you're when you're a female the in the church you have to go what's that doctor what's that doctor what's that doctor it's a lot a lot of shit yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. I love you. Meanwhile, Corwin has defrosted and turns off the power to the med center. I mean, just the power to the stasis pod specifically because all the lights and oxygen are still running. Cath mm-hmm. tries to restore power to the med center using the magical lever, but Corwin stops her. So she takes him on a merry chase to the airlock where she drags her and Corwin out into space. That's a lovely moment. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that that moment. Not that they're yeah. both dying. But burn with me? No, you burn with mm, me. That's right. <laughs> burn with me. Whatever. I thought that was lovely. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like you finally it's, – it's speaking of characters that – that over the course of the episode that you get to know her, obviously her and her husband, whether they, whether they pick the ship out together. Right. And yes. Ask mm-hmm. Zero questions. They ask zero questions about the escape pods, obviously. The um, paper mache. Yes. Yeah, the, the paper mache. Of why are these escape pods designed the way they are? No, I think you're right. I think this is a really great moment between the two that you're just like, Oh, okay. That's in an otherwise horrifying episode. You, know, <laughs> you, you get this moment of, you know, a nice connection between these two people. Yeah. And you really get to know her character. Sure. Uh, she's, you know, they're, they're the people who are well-intentioned, but things have just gotten out of hand around them, I think. So, yeah, I liked her. Hmm. Uh, the ship's computer gives a cheery update on the survival estimate projection, 0%. Ooh. Like at that point, you can just... Just don't tell us, all right? That's fine, you know. Mm. Riley and Dev make it to the front of the ship with one minute left until collision with the sun. Martha tells them to dump the fuel to return the sun particles back to the star. They do so, and the star releases its hold on the ship and the Doctor. With all of the ship's fuel dumped, the engines now turn back on. They fly away, somehow counteracting the gravity of such a vast object as a star with their meagre reserves of power. Well, that was one of the things when they bought it. They said, listen... Really yeah. good. This can counteract a star. Really good yeah, reversing thrusters. Yeah. Everything else is really, really terrible about this it's ship. Shit. But the one thing that I can that you're going to be paying for later on is its ability to just just bust out of orbit for just yeah, yeah. Just yeah. The yeah. Of reason. The only thing that would stop you from getting away from a star- sun would be if your en- main engines were down, and I don't envision that happening at all ever. So now look, I tell you. This thing, it can reverse a billion miles an hour in three seconds. You'll love it. In the vent room, the TARDIS is perfect, almost like they didn't want to scuff it up for a single episode. Oh, <laughs> it is. Well, the TARDIS is very hardy. Yeah, sure. Hardy, I tell you. And don't whine about the TARDIS, okay? It's perfect. <laughs> you, could, you could make fun of everything else, but the TARDIS is off limits. Not the TARDIS. <laughs> I love in I love in the beast below where it just falls down a little bit and he's like that's it the TARDIS is gone we'll never be able to find it ever again this episode he's like that's totally fine don't worry about it well then in other episodes he goes oh it's all right I've got a homing beacon for the TARDIS I go like wait what do you turn it off and on what happens Riley makes a pass at Martha who rejects him with a kiss ooh she no I'm not interested in you but kind of 
Well, I mean, where's the future for them since she comes from a different time? Yeah, well, true. You know, and but she's still got a snog, I think, you know. I would have had the snog and then left. <laughs> Riley says he now believes in Martha the way she believes in the Doctor, though I doubt that the next time Riley is in trouble, Martha will come out of nowhere and save him. Yeah, no. No. Martha will save me. No, yeah. she fucking won't. Yeah. No, she's won. She's kind of busy right now. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's home. Sorry, Riley, you're dead. Back on the TARDIS, the Doctor gives her her own TARDIS key. No. Martha calls her mum back to let her know she's all right and promises she might pop round for dinner. On Earth, it's election day in the UK and Saxon's people are eager that everyone votes. They take away Francine's phone for analysis and tell her, thanks for all you're doing, Mrs. Jones. Mr. Saxon will be very grateful as the credits roll. Yeah. So that's the question that I have is how... So he... Because Saxon's there because he's... Because at at the end of the last episode, or not second to last episode, they go back. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just weird how the time because Saxon's already established himself that point yeah. on, so it's just confusing yeah. about they're referring to somebody who hasn't. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's just wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah, yeah. He's he's basically established himself uh, in in the few months before the election to be in a position to be voted as as prime minister. Right. Yeah, because okay. when he stole the TARDIS. Yeah. He took it back to the last time the doctor had been there. So that would have had to have been when the hospital disappeared, would it? Was that the last time they Oh, no, the, the Lazarus uh, thing uh, and then Before Blink. That. He was also there yeah. for Blink. Mm. Oh, yeah. So. Right. Mm. Oh, and, and also because at the start of Utopia he goes to recharge the TARDIS and that's how they pick up Captain Jack. So yeah. that's the last time he was in – well, he was in Cardiff right. at that time. He but was yeah. in Cardiff. That's it. Yeah, and he was there before – Oh yeah, he no no the 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 which called um the Christmas uh the Runaway Bride or whatever was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah he's he's been right to London a few that. times so he's he's been there yeah he was he was there too as well with the Christmas with the Christmas yeah because because yep. he he locks it when the doc when yeah the and only gives him a few months yeah. uh, eighteen months or something for him to establish yeah. himself so well that's the master you know. He gets going yeah. with his stuff, gets yeah. it all moving along. I uh, I love John Sims. I loved him in Life on Mars so much. So I was really... <laughs> we have yet to see him yet, but anyway. Really excited. The biggest takeaway, obviously, is the ship is not... Like, you think about it, the ship is not the best of ships. And they clearly, if they're not, as you say, as they're not going to get their ship upgraded or whatever, obviously there's there's something that might cost money to do that. And they're obviously... You know, not going to do that. You've seen the state of their lockers, the state of their equipment. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see them not do, wanting to do things that may or may not cost money. You know, but it's weird because like it, some of the internal rooms are have a temperature of over three thousand degrees. Meanwhile, the doctor could just hang out the side and play yes. with a switch. You know, like it's I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I mean, the thing I uh, the outside switch and all of that. It's. You know, it's it's that stupidity that, oh, look, we've designed this, but if it stalls, you have to crawl out on top of the thing <laughs> and press that button. Go, you engineers are evil, evil people. We don't get it. No, no, I was going to say, like, that is, I don't know what's worse, having a switch outside of something in the 
uh, in space where you have to go grab it or having to find a switch underwater and for some reason a character has like unlimited air supply as they go underneath to switch something yeah. up i don't know it's i would say yeah. it's a wash between those two yeah well yeah. i don't know why you say it's a bad design flaw because on my car the brake is on top of the roof so <laughs> when i'm driving i have to crawl out the window and then press the brake on the roof so yeah i i find if i want to get to the um petrol yeah um, yeah i have to go through a series of guillotine type <laughs> type uh, <laughs> switches to, to get that sure, I mean, it, sure. it's, it's hazardous just filling it up oh. yeah the, you think That's the worst you think the worst people. thing is the price of petrol no it's actually getting to the, yeah. the, the, the pump That's right. if you ever want to get your spare out of the boot we yeah. just there's just like a brown snake sitting in there <laughs> as we as we always do we like to give the episode a score out of five nakia would you like to go first Yes, I really enjoyed this, I would okay. have to say. I'm actually going to give it a four. Oh. I had a good time. I had fond memories, uh, but I wasn't sure whether they would hold up. I loved the uh, cinematography. I, lo- I felt, like Christian said, I felt hot watching it. I felt quite sweaty. Yeah, there are things about it that, you know, aren't completely perfect. But no, I've... Edge of my seat, I had I had a hoot. All right, Christian? You know, I, I came in thinking that I would give it a lower score than I thought I would, but I'd have to concur four out of five as well, only because, you know, when I'm writing, doing a lot of my stuff, I didn't realize how big of an influence it had on as me as a writer, as as a creator. And it's and it's definitely, again, uh, the more you think about, the more you watch the episodes, despite the tropes. And I, as much as I complain about the tropes, I, there are a lot of them that I, I quite enjoy. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not perfect, but it's still, you know, as you say, it, it sets the tone really well. Um, and as far as like, doing a, a outer space distress call countdown, countdown sci-fi horror episode, I think it does the job. So, sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it two and a half. Two and a half? Two and a half, yeah. Get although, you out of my side. Although, because <laughs> to, to me it's, it's, it's not a memorable episode. <laughs> like I literally couldn't. Uh, before I watched this episode, I could not have told you what this episode was about. Really? I had I had no recollection of it. And then when you watch it, it's like, well, we've literally just done this episode. But look, so I, I was coming into it thinking I was going to hate this episode. Really? Absolutely hate this episode. And, you know, it's fine. It's, it's almost a standard episode for me. It's almost a three. But it's like wow. I'm still going to not remember much about it afterwards. So, yeah. Two and a wow, half. that's that's interesting. I mean, you know, and and if you think it's a two point five, that's fine. Sure, I think your taste is in your ass. But <laughs> you know, there are plenty of episodes that I don't like that you do. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I thought yeah, everyone was everybody agree has with their, me, you know? their different tastes when it comes to Doctor Who. Like, there's there is something for everybody, and sometimes some episodes don't hit as well as others, and vice versa. You know what I mean? So no, that's this is a sort of episode where if it was just on, I would okay, I would just sit and watch it or have it on in the background or something like that but i'm never gonna i don't think i'm ever gonna go i should sit down and watch 42 watch again episode. right you know well, I, i'm not yeah. specifically going to watch it yeah i would watch right. it again right. okay mm. I, re- I remember more about the beast below even though that felt like it could have been cut down quite a bit mm. than i would about 42 which is a one episode version of that you know mm. I, my score would have again I, yeah it's just i think it's just because it's one of those things where it's in the back of your head. You don't realize how much of it has, how much you've been thinking about it without thinking about it sort of thing. So that's kind of why I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense why I would, why this, this came, this hit a note with me more so than other. But of course, there's other episodes that um, a lot of people really love. And I'm just like, 
I I did not like I did not care for that episode. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah and that's I that's a good thing is we can all we can all have different opinions about different episodes. Well, show. In, totally. jo- in in Jody's series, there's been two episodes that I loathe that you've liked. Sure, sure. So yeah, know. yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and it'd be pretty boring if we all just had the same opinions. Oh yeah, so. mm. agree. Well, yeah. it would be boring, but you should all agree with me. <laughs> now, Christian, I have a question for you. Alrighty. Everybody who comes on the podcast, we ask them. If you were uh, from Gallifrey, what would your Time Lord name be? Now, as an example, Adam's Time Lord name is? The Nerd. Okay, because he nitpicks everything. (laughs) Yes, in case you haven't noticed, yeah. Uh, My Time Lord name, given to me by my family, mind you, is The Commander. So it's really, it's either what what describes you, what, what word is your essence, or oh, what do you God. aspire to be? Because the doctor is do no harm. Uh, the master is to be, you know, rule the world. My husband asks lots and lots of ridiculous questions. We call him the inquisitor. So, and what are some of the examples we've had from some of our guests? Uh, so Give you time to Beck think. Beck Buckingham is the food wanker the because food. she's very particular about her food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Ford is the decent because he, it's to remind him to always be a decent, decent person. person, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you think? What do you think would describe you? Who would you be? I mean, it's a, it's, yeah, it, that's a great it's question. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. That's the kind of the thing when you first asked me, you know, who, you know, how should I be referred to writer, producer? And that's kind of my thing where I, I can't really, I have a lot of ideas. Um, I have a lot of different projects and things that some have come to be and some have kind of been sitting in, you know, on the back burner for a while for whatever reason. Um, so something along the lines of somebody who's kind of all over the place, but, you know, still. The ideas man. The idea What'd you man. say? The ideas man. The, I, yeah. The, the, what's, what's, some, what's the word for somebody who just comes up with, uh, not an idea man, like the one word that comes up that, that people just like. Just the idea machine, something where it's like a one word brainstormer. Yeah, the brainstormer. The brainstormer. I like that. Yeah, the brainstormer. Fantastic. All right, so you're the brainstormer, Christian. So we go on an adventure in the TARDIS. Uh, We get out. (laughs) Got the commander there. We've got the nerd who's just going to tell everyone what they're doing wrong. Uh, I'm going to be running things. The brainstormer's there. What does the brainstormer bring to our adventure? To this to this dilemma that we have. I would probably be able to I would come if we didn't have any idea about where we wanted to go or what we wanted to do why we were in a certain time period or certain uh certain galaxy or certain planet or something like that. I would be the first person to suggest something just crazy and just not like crazy like let's go let's go commit a bunch of horrible things no more like random. Let's, just do, let's do random things let's go off and have a, a, a weird fun time because i find like myself to be somebody who's just like we're in like one place like i'm I was, like i want to go and do this i want to see this one thing because for some reason like if i'm if i if i hear about a, a specific like um, museum or something that's really bizarre or something interesting that could be very educational, I'd be like, let's go there. This makes no sense, but let's go. Let's check it out. So I would be the person to be, suggest things that we normally wouldn't kind of want to do or think but that we wanted to do. And I'd be like, let's do that. 
that sounds awesome. So. I like that. And then when we got when we went somewhere and there was a big conflict on, you'd be like brainstorming all these random ideas. Yeah, I'd be like, and all right, let's just go, let's do the things. The baddies let's, wouldn't let's know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would be like love two it. steps ahead of them, despite. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's great. I the love that. Suddenly the baddies would go, "Why are they throwing frisbees at us and wearing? <laughs> Why not? The brainstormer said to us to do that. Yeah, yes. yes, with them. That's I'm right. fine with that. That's a very that's right. ap- appropriate name. So, awesome, yeah, the I brainstormer. Okay, the brainstormer. Thank you very much it. for joining us, Christian. It's been of a pleasure course. having you. Thank you for yes. having me. Uh, do you have anything you would like our listeners to check out of yours or anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, yeah. I uh, it, it's I, I have been working. Uh, um, it's been put on hold, unfortunately, given mm. the oh. state of things. Sure. However, uh, for the last few years, I've been working on an audio drama podcast called Tales from the Dragon Eye Galaxy. Ooh. Um, it is a sci-fi uh, podcast radio drama series uh, that uh, takes it's very retro very similar to the old Doctor Who episodes very old Star Trek episodes a lot of old influences it's an eight episode series um, plus one uh, one-off episode of these um, it's just various adventures of of uh characters in uh the dragon eye galaxy it's a it's a space cop and a and a scientist teaming up together to stop a mad evil despot um is the first wow i like that i'm gonna give Um, that a listen and then and then the yeah so that's eight episodes and then the one-off episode uh the emerald queen actually focuses on those two two same characters going off and answering a mysterious distress signal so the first eight episodes are all done uh yeah the emerald queen is done yeah it's been it's been out for for a little while uh but currently you know working on the second season when we can all get back together and record um but yeah so that's kind of what my my thing that i'm working on so again um sci-fi you know old old radio drama uh influences and stuff like that so yeah it's uh, very exciting so yeah it's all audio um so again it was just very very appropriate that i'd like <laughs> that i wanted to yeah. be on the show so. awesome you know the thing that I oh the thing that I know about writer producers yeah. is that there's always heaps of things in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just oh yeah. You know you've always got stuff and but you're always relying on someone further down the food chain. Yeah, and for it, for every to, script that actually yeah, gets produced depressing. is like you've you probably got like 10, 20, 50 mm, scripts mm. that are still you're still working on basically mm. that yeah, are, there's, there's, that are little notes about- on your computer twice of that right now yeah we the the second season is written and the third season the ideas are already kind of the third third season is is mapped out um but yeah everything everything all that stuff um not just the the podcast stuff but everything kind of like my design stuff my whatever you know things that i'm working on whatever are all found on my website um sterlingartsanddesign.com um where everything all my it's almost like my umbrella like site of everything that I'm doing. So as much as I would love to have my name be the creator, I think that's a little too Doctor Who, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard, isn't it? I wanted my name to be the wordsmith or the, word the, right. the funny the funny no, you person. Got yours given no, to you. I'm the bloody commander. <laughs> Just a reminder, D4WH is on Facebook. So please give our page a like. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, D4WH Pod. You can rate and review us on iTunes recommend us on facebook and follow us on podbean we're also now available on spotify and stitcher tell your friends about us if you see someone on the street wearing a doctor who t-shirt politely go up and tell them they should listen to our podcast all right uh thank you very much until next time keep searching the skies for the doctor goodbye goodbye 
This has been a production of The, the Nerd, Nerd Infinite. Infinite. And then the sound of dragons spitting fire and stuff. What? Why are you looking at me like that? The Doctor Who movie drunk, which was crazy. Oh, no, that... Oh, God, that... That movie. So I'm trying to convince my I'm trying to convince my wife to watch it. She's like, no. She's like, let me <laughs> let me live in this world where I do not know that Eric Eric Roberts was the master. Let's just leave it at that. Oh God. So, I mean, yeah. if there's got to be, if you think about the show, though, there's got to be like I would say Eric Roberts did pretty well considering yeah. the tone of the show, con- considering the costumes and Eric Roberts. I mean, Eric Roberts is, is an considering interesting what individual. They, what, like, we did a bit of a, a history of the movie, and considering what they wanted to do, the fact that the yes. movie is even passable is um, is crazy. Like, at short right. time, people are like, this is, this is, this is bullshit. Mm. But right. considering yeah. that they wanted to completely reboot the show, they wanted to... Start all the history all over again. They wanted to have Tom Baker come back as the previous Doctor. They yeah. wanted, like they wanted such crazy things. The fact that the fact that it even sticks so closely to the mythology as it is, it's like insane. it is. Yeah. Well, as I was gonna say, Paul ended up getting Paul McGann got a nice little thing later on, which was nice. You know, with the with the big you know the big finish stuff and and the Night of the Doctor and everything like that. So it's like, you know, all all things considered, it's not. I mean, as far as movies that are trying to re I mean, up in that point, there hadn't been anything, any a- attempt, right, to do to do anything with it. There, like there, after been there was like a nothing, and I'm I'm right. the age group that I was missing it because mm. I started at the Tom Baker era. So right. when the, when the movie came on, I was young, but I I mean, yes, it was shit, but I was just excited that Doctor Who was back on. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, if that's that's the feeling that you have when something has been gone for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, after a while, if something comes back, that's close to what you want i mean they threw a lot of things in there that weren't canon i mean it's interesting because like they're they're well because you're right because they're trying to reboot everything right that was kind of what they were trying to do with it so new ideas but the half human bullshit right yeah exactly that yeah that stuff and um did you ever see there was this really interesting i think it was a few years ago there was a meme not a meme but like a series of american actors that they were that people were fan casting in different like different iterations yeah, of the yeah, doctor. Yeah. yeah. Like Jeff Goldblum as like, I think Jeff Goldblum was number eight or something, oh, you know, and yeah. Brian, Brian, yeah. Brian, uh, Donald Glover was like 12, uh, no, not 12. Um, he was, he was, he was 11. He was 11. I think Harrison Ford was the war doctor. Yeah. It was always really interesting. Like Burgess Meredith was the first doctor stuff like that, where they had American actors as the, I was just like, okay, you know, but, you know that's never going to hey, happen. Jeff Goldblum could be the Doctor. Yeah. Like so Jeff cool. Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. That Jeff, weird. Jeff the weird. Would be similar to uh, to Tom Baker, where he would just play himself, mm. and they would just be like, right. They just roll the cameras and be mm. like, "This is you're an amazing Doctor," and he's like, oh, "I'm not yeah. acting. Yeah. I'm just being me." Exactly. Exactly.